Good afternoon to y'all. How are we doing this afternoon? We doing okay? One of us, one of us is doing okay. All right. The rest of us are taking naps. Okay. All right. Well, let's see if we can wake you up. If we can uh, turn to page 46, page 46. And if you're able to rest upon your feet, we would love for you to join us in singing Jesus and Me, Jesus and Me, hymn 46 as our opening hymn. And then we'll have a word of prayer. Hymn 46, hymn 46, Jesus and Me. Hymn 46. I traveled alone up on this lonesome way. My burdens were heavy and dark was my day. I looked for a friend, not knowing that he you, Lord, to meet with us in a special, mighty way this afternoon. I pray, God, that you fill pastor with the Holy Spirit as he preaches, Lord. Help him to say only the words that you'd have him to say. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all you've done. And meet with us in a special, mighty way. That's all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, it's not Muhammad in me. It's not Buddha in me. It's Jesus in me. And why is that? Because happiness is the Lord. Amen. Hymn 66. Hymn 66. Happiness is the Lord. Hymn 66. Happiness is the Lord. Hey, man. Y'all excited to be here this afternoon? Let it be known by hearty amen. Hey, man. Sing along, hymn 66, happiness is the Lord. Our happiness is to know the Savior, living a life within his favor, having a change in my behavior. Happiness is the Lord. Happiness is a new creation. Jesus and me in those relations having a part in his salvation. Happiness is the Lord. real joy. 
should be somewhere during that song. <laughs> Amen. Charlie Brown, Snoopy. Anyway, let me give you some announcements. We didn't get any this morning, but I want to make sure I get as many to you as possible. And if you didn't get a bulletin, there are a few left out there. I want to encourage you to get one. Don't forget about soul winning this Saturday morning at 930 in the morning, right after uh -huh. men's prayer breakfast, which is uh -huh. at 830 in the morning. Men's prayer breakfast. We want to invite all of our men to that at time uh, uh you don't have to pray out loud or do anything like that just come and eat listen uh to the uh, uh, uh short devotional right. and then uh if you could go door knocking with us i want to encourage all of our men to be a part of that because yeah. again you don't have to pray out loud just be with us and you can pray quietly amen yeah. well you don't have to pray out loud so ladies bible study this tuesday morning at 10 o'clock in the morning men's prayer breakfast as i said Next Sunday is 23 and 23. Now, we didn't have a chance to motivate everybody this morning to be there for 23 and 23. But last month we had 23 oh, yeah. and All 23. Right. Yeah. Amen. And we need to do that again. Amen. Right. 23 people that will come at 830 in the morning to pray with us here in the auditorium. And some folks sit in the back. Some folks sit in the middle. Some folks come and sit on the front pew. Some kneel at the altar. You just come and pray with us. If, again, if you want to pray out loud. You can. If you don't want to pray out loud, you don't have to. But just to have God's people coming and praying together. Listen, you want to change anything? It all must start with prayer. Right. You want to change your personal relationship with Christ? Start with prayer. Right. You want to change your marriage? Good luck. Uh -uh. It ought to, you, need to, you need to start with prayer. Uh, you, you, want to, you want to have a better relationship with your workers at work? Prayer. You want our church to grow and be the lighthouse for the community it needs to be? prayer and the more we pray the more god blesses and we've seen people saved this month we've seen yes. people added to our church i believe this month and listen yes. that's what it comes down to god's people praying all right ladies retreat is coming up september 8th and 9th and you please you must sign up by september 3rd now many many ladies have signed up so far but we need to get anybody who's on the edge signed up so we can know if we need to make sure we get enough room for everybody did i do something am i right there will be a ladies' meeting tonight, right after the service. If they're going to the retreat. If you're going to the retreat. <laughs> if you're going to the retreat tonight, right over here, uh, meet, a quick meeting with uh, Mrs. White. Amen. We've got some things coming up I want you to mark your calendar for, if you would, uh, and start praying about now. we got our, our missions conference coming up in October, October 11th through 15th. Amen. Listen, I love the mission-mindedness right. and heart yeah. of our church. Right. Amen. Can I be honest with you? If there's any reason that God blesses Central Park Baptist yeah. Church, right. it's because of our mission-mindedness, right. the way we support missionaries. And God will always bless you and bless us as a church as you support his people around the world that are doing his work. Yeah. Missionaries can't go out and get a job. In the country they're in they'll get booted out and never be allowed back and it's not worth it to them to lose what god wants them to do to get a job so their only hope for support comes from us now the fact of the matter is is right now since 2020 financially around the world it's gone nuts and the cost of living for uh, missionaries around the world has just skyrocketed and it's gone up for us, too, here in America, but not as drastically as it's gone up for missionaries. And so our missions conference becomes very important because that's when we uh, give extra or more. We, we promise the Lord, as he's put on our heart, to give to him as he's providing for us, for our missions work. And so the missions conference is important, so start praying about that now. Start praying about what God would have you to give. It's not, we don't sign a document that says, so-and-so will give so much, and if not, we're going to come and knock on your door. How come you're not giving? We, that, no, that's not how it works, amen. Where it is by faith that you're trusting the Lord, because that's what he's put on your heart to do, amen. So I want to encourage you to start praying about that, all right? 
Let's see. Preacher, you're going to talk about the sound, sound yeah. insight? Okay. So that's all the announcements for today. Welcome. We're glad that you're here for our afternoon service. Sight and Sound, uh, 19th and 20th of October. If you'd like to go, uh, just sign up. If you uh, don't have the money right now and you want to just give it as, you, as we get to that date, then that's fine. Just make sure you designate it. Let Miss White know that you're doing that so she'll make sure it goes to the right place. Uh, but uh, we'll have a good time. We, I've had another, uh, some other folks asked if they could go, and I, that, you know, so we're going to have a good time. We're going to stop and eat at Lambert's. Anybody, any of y'all never ate at Lambert's? Oh, yeah, you'll like it. Bring your catcher's mitt, okay? Want to make sure you take care of that so you can catch the roll that they throw you, uh, and they are good. And if you miss it, if it falls on the floor, don't worry about it. I'll pick it up, knock the dirt off. We'll be good. No, they'll get you another one, all right? But we're going to have a good time with that. But if you think if you have any questions about it, talk to me after service or, or in the next few weeks. So, But we do need to get to, to sign that up probably by the, uh, oh, the middle of the first or middle part of September so that we can get the tickets and everything for that and get, the, get some seats where we want to sit. So uh, please don't forget about that, all right? Well, let you all awake. Kind of, you're starting, you know, I, I can tell you're starting, you're getting a little better, so hang in there, all right? Uh, just, uh, we'll, we'll, I promise we'll be through by 4 o'clock, okay? All right, good, so just stay with me, all right? But, uh, well, let's have a good offering this afternoon, and uh, let me encourage you to give. Uh, next week, we'll try to, the uh, thermometer, we've updated that, we updated it uh, last week. And I'll try to get some, uh, some folks have asked me about uh, what's come in for our debt retirement. We'll try to get that in the bulletin uh, next week to give you a kind of running total of what we've had come in. But uh, we'll work on that, all right? But uh, let me encourage you. Please give. God uh, blesses a cheerful giver, amen? amen. And uh, so please uh, be cheerful when you give, amen? amen? Father, help us, Lord, bless. Thank you, God, for our people. And pray, God, that your hand of favor be upon us. Lord, thank you, God, for our folks who are willing to give lord they just they they just keep giving and god i'm thankful for that and lord i'm thankful god not only that they give of their tithes and offerings but they give of themselves lord i'm thankful god for a people who is faithful to you lord and uh, god even when it's difficult even when it's uh, inconvenient lord they are faithful and i'm thankful for that lord so i pray god that you'd please bless bless this offering bless the gift and the giver in jesus name Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. a good time for us to count our blessings. Amen. 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 Hymn 504. Hymn 504. If you're able to rise, we'll sing Count Your Blessings. Hymn 504. Sing along. Oh, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is Blessings. 
talking about blessings. Now, I was uh, praying about rain when I came up with this one, hymn 580, Showers of Blessings, amen. <laughs> I believe there shall be showers of blessings, amen. There shall be showers of blessings, 580, hymn 580. Let's do the first and the last verses, then please briefly greet each other. Oh, there shall be showers of blessings. This is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing, sent from the Savior above. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for showers we plead. Last verse, ah, oh, there shall be showers of blessing. Oh, that today they might fall. Now as to God we're confessing. Now as on Jesus we call. Showers of blessings. Showers of blessings we need. Mercy drops round us are falling. But for the shower we plead. Amen. Please briefly greet each other at this time as we prepare for our afternoon special. For a long time I've traveled Down a long, lonely road My heart was so heavy In sin I sank low Then I heard about Jesus What a wonderful hour I'm so glad that I found out he would bring me out through his saving power. Thank God I am free, free, free from this world of sin. Washed in the blood of Jesus, I've been born again. Hallelujah, I'm saved, saved, saved by his wonderful grace. I'm so glad that I found out 
He would bring me out and show me the way. Like a bird out of prison that's taken its flight. Like a blind man that God gave back his sight. Like a poor wretched beggar that's found fortune and fame. I'm so glad that I found out he would bring me out through his holy name. Thank God I am free, free, free from this world of sin. Washed in the blood of Jesus, I've been born again. Hallelujah, I'm saved, saved, saved by his wonderful grace. I'm so glad that I found out he would bring me out and show me the way. Thank God I am free, free, free from this world of sin. Washed in the blood of Jesus, I've been born again. Hallelujah, I'm saved, saved, saved by His wonderful grace. I'm so glad that I found out He would bring me out and show me the way. I'm so glad that I found out He would bring me out and show me the way. Show me the Exodus 7, seven. going to start reading in verse 1, and we'll read down through verse 7. Find your place, amen. amen. Exodus chapter 7, it's on page 77, how about that? In my Bible, I mean, just, all right. And the Lord said unto Moses, see, I have made thee a god to Pharaoh. And Aaron, thy brother, shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee. And Aaron, thy brother, shall speak unto Pharaoh that he send the children of Israel out of his, out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that I may lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth mine armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth mine hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. And Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them, so did they. And Moses was fourscore years old, and Aaron fourscore and three years old when they spake unto Pharaoh. Father, I pray, God, that your hand will be upon me. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd empty me of me. Lord, just calm my thoughts, God, and... Help me, Lord, to stay focused on you this afternoon. And folks have come, Lord, not to hear from me, but to hear from you. So, Lord, please, I pray that it will be the Spirit of God that speaks through me and not this flesh. And, Lord, I'll give you praise. Lord, bless the reading of your word because it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, the, we, we already found out that the first requests have uh, by God have been made to Pharaoh and they've been rejected by Pharaoh. And now the signs and wonders are going to start, all right? Uh, the battle is about to get rolling, and in fact, it's going to get even more heated. Pharaoh is going to be confronted with more uh, than words, and now he's going to have to deal with God a little bit. In fact, he's going to have to deal with God's miracle power. Uh, and as we come to this portion of Scripture, the first thing that we're introduced with is uh, some genealogies. Now, I don't know about you, but when reading through your Bible, and you get to First Chronicles, and you get to all the begets, are y'all still here? Say amen. We have a tendency to want to do what? Skip over that, and I get it. Uh, genealogies, for the most part, they are not very interesting, and that is, of course, unless you're reading about the Lord's family tree. 
Now, when you read about the Lord's family tree, then, and who's in it, uh, I think it's pretty interesting. But here, in these genealogies, we, uh, we find some things, some details about uh, Moses' family in chapter 6 and verse 16. When we read there, and you look in, uh, I believe it's verse 20, uh, either 16 or 20, I can't remember, I didn't write that down. But we read that, uh, that Moses is from the tribe of Levi. Uh, we also learn in verse 20 that his father's name is Amram. Uh, we find out his mother's name. His mother's name is Jochebed. And we also learn uh, that Aaron is Moses' brother. Uh, we, now we also learn some details about Aaron uh, that uh, give us some foundation, if you will, or, or some details that substantiate the high priest position of Eliezer who followed Aaron. And then you read as, as Phineas who followed Eliezer. And it's important to the Jews uh, in Moses' day about genealogies because it shows proof uh, for their claims of office. Today, when we want to show proof of, of things, of ownership, of things like that, we, uh, we have legal papers, we have titles, you know, we have deeds in order to prove uh, position or proof of ownership of property. We have all kinds of things like that. But the matter of proof is important. But the matter of proof when it comes to uh, spiritual matters, it is also important. However, spiritual proof oftentimes is ignored. Yeah. Amen. Can I remind us today that God is very careful to authenticate His work? In fact, he's careful to authenticate his work in a lot of different ways. But the most important way that God authenticates his work is through his word. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. In, in 38 years of ministry, I have watched people, Christians included, who have ignored the proof of God's word. I mean, It's right here in front of us. I've had people, uh, good people, that, uh, uh, that have come and been the members of, of this church and the other church that I pastored that, that uh, left because they uh, felt like that the day of worship was on the Sabbath. And I went to them and took the Word of God. And showed them through scripture that it is, that listen, that, that the covenant of Sabbath day worship was made to the Jews. It has nothing to do with you and me and to the church. And went through it verse upon verse, precept upon precept, but to only come to the place where they ignored it. And they went and did that anyway. Uh, I've had people who uh, have also ignored the proof of God's word about the uh, eternal security of a believer. I've had people ignore the proof of, uh, that God's word has been preserved in our King James Bible. I've had people that I've taken the Word of God and that uh, doubted the Trinity and showed them in Scripture uh, where, listen, uh, where the, the Trinity is true. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit only to, for them to, uh, to ignore the Word of God. We, listen, I've had talked to people about the modes of church membership and showed them through Scripture. They've ignored that. We've talked about uh, the, the, uh, uh, the Lord's Supper, closed communion, and through God's Word, and they've ignored that. Uh, they've ignored all kinds of things about, uh, about the church and about the things of God and about His Word. Only, listen, only to ignore the things of God. But God has always been careful to, uh, to substantiate the things that we teach and preach, and it's right here in His Word. Everything. Um, God authenticated the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it. Uh, he authenticated his claims of being the Messiah by his genealogy. In fact, if the critics of the Lord in his day would have examined the genealogies like they should have, they would have found his lineage back to David. In fact, when they found that, they would have had to confess that he was indeed the promised Messiah had they gone back and, and reviewed the genealogies of the Word of God. Yet listen, but they, the critics ignored it. 
In fact, Acts chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, To whom also he, Christ, showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Listen, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ to prove who Christ is, it is all substantiated in the Word of God. The proof is there. But, but get this, but unbelief is not interested in proof. Yeah? It's not interested in the confirmation of claims or in the substantiation of biblical teaching. But faith is interested. Amen? I mean, fraud doesn't want to address the matter of proof, but truth does. In fact, one lesson that this genealogy teaches us here in, in, in God's Word is that God's work is built on a solid foundation of facts. Our faith is, my faith, your faith is not just something uh, that's resting on thin ice, so to speak. Listen, our faith is substantiated in the Word of Almighty God today, and we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to, listen, hope about it. We can know that, that our faith re- it rests upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and our faith is just as sure as He is. And it's all substantiated uh, in our King James Bible. But it's completely different with false religions and philosophies of the world. Uh, just like here, they... Uh, they, the, these genealogies, they prove that, that Christ is who he said he is. But I want you to notice something also in verse 6. We see something about Moses and Aaron's faithfulness. One of the things that we're told here in verse 6 is that Moses and Aaron fulfilled their God-given assignments. Look what it says. And Moses and Aaron did as the Lord commanded them, so did they. They did exactly what God told them to do. And, and watch, from this point until the time Israel left Egypt, Moses and Aaron were obedient to the letter. They did, as the Bible says, as the Lord commanded them. And can I just point this out this afternoon, that faithfulness is the prime criteria that God judges our service. Let me say that again. Faithfulness is the prime criteria that God judges our service. Listen, we, get, we forget about this because of the influence of the world's philosophies on us. We, we judge faithfulness by the world's standards and not by God's standards. We, we got to stop doing that. We got to stop thinking, you know, uh, I've used this in the past. that We think that I'm, I'm not as bad as that guy because, you know, he, he drinks beer. But the guy that drinks beer says, I'm not as bad as that guy because he drinks uh, liquor. And the guy that drinks liquor and beer, listen, he says, I'm not as bad as that guy because he smokes dope. And the guy that smokes dope says, I'm not as bad as that guy because he snorts cocaine. You follow me? Listen, our, our uh, 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 standard of faithfulness, if you will, is, must be based upon the criteria that God gives us, not on what we think it is. We look at other people and say, well, I, I do okay because look what they do. I'm, I'm not as bad as that guy because uh, uh, they don't come back on Sunday afternoon. I'm not as bad as that guy because uh, I come on Wednesday. Now, wait a minute, that's not the standard. The standard is from God, not from, uh, not from what we think, but from what God teaches us. God, let me say it again. Uh, God uh, judges our, faithful, or our service upon our faithfulness, and we've got to be careful. Faithfulness to God, though, watch, think about this. We often think about times uh, uh, where, and we're careful to, uh, you know, we think, well, they must be pretty faithful because they've got a big bank account, or they must be good Christians because they drive a nice car. They, he must be a good Christian because he wears nice clothes. No, wait a minute. We're still, we're off on that. We, we can't judge people like that. I, you know, about how we, we sometimes think, well, that preacher must be a really great pastor because he pastors a big church. No, wait a minute. That's not it at all. Uh, we, we can't do that. We've got to understand that faithfulness is up to God. And listen, He judges us on our, our faithfulness, on, on our service. So a faithfulness to God, though, watch, is seldom used to judge uh, much of anything. Now think about this, and let me say that again. Faithfulness is very little esteemed today that few lower their judgment of people, maybe if they bring division in the church. 
Let me say it again. Faithfulness is so little esteemed today that few people lower their judgment of people if they, well, they, they didn't really mean it. You following me? You're looking at me funny. Listen, we, we need to understand that we've got to judge people and, and think through the Word of God, not for our base. We, 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 yeah, he, he would make a good deacon because I, I really like him. I mean, after all, he's a, he's a, he comes to church every Sunday morning. Amen? I like him because he combs his hair the same way I do. You know, preacher, I think he would make a good deacon. Listen, that's not the criteria. The criteria is, is in the Word of God. I mean, and so we got to be careful. God judges people on their faithfulness, especially their faithfulness to Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Listen, we can tell how important God is to us and how important the work of God is to us by what it takes for us to miss. Amen. If you want God's approval, then God said you must be found faithful in all matters, not just the ones that you think are important. Look in verse 7. We notice their age. Now, I understand, I mean, people back then, you know, like I do, they live longer back then than they do today. Uh, but Moses, but we can't discount the fact here that Moses really didn't get started in his greatest work until he was 80. He died at the age of 120, but Deuteronomy 34, 7, it tells us that he still had good eyesight and good health. Now, there seems to be a movement. Me and Brother Marco was just talking about this the other day, a movement going around in a lot of fundamental churches today about pastors who are still in good health. God is still using them in their ministries, but they're retiring. Um, now, that's not my business. It, it, that's their business, not mine. But Brother Marco asked me about retiring, and I, and I thought, you know, as long as, as God uses me, as long as I feel like that, I don't want to overstay, you know. I don't want to stay too long. I don't want to get up in years to where I'm, I'm, I become a burden or detrimental to the, to the ministry or to the cause of Christ. But, but listen, I don't, want, I, I don't see me just retiring simply because I want to go see the world kind of thing. I don't want to retire just simply because, I, you know, I want to enjoy life while I can, I'm still. No, wait a minute. The call of God is on my life. God's called me to do something. And until, listen, that, that calling never is rescinded. And I'm to live and do what God's called me to do until he gets through with me, not till I get through with him. And, and so here we see Moses. He's, he's 80 years old. And. And he's trying to do something for God. And I found this survey that was done of, of 400 famous men. Each one of these had some uh, great achievement in their life. And this is what it said. 35% of the group's achievements were done in their 60s. 23% of, of this group's achievements were done in their 70s. 8% in their 80s. And this means that of these 400 great men, that 66% of their greatest achievements took place after the age of 60. You know what that lets me know? Listen, that you're still profitable to God even when you get a little bit older. Listen, there's no place where we can say, oh, let's let. Now, there's some things that I've started trying to, you know, I've seen that we'll just let them younger guys take care of that. But now there's some things that the younger guys can't handle. Some things, experience and ministry and, and through growth and, you know, maturity. And the Lord has helped us, older guys, to be able to see things that the young guys can't see. Just like you parents can see things in your children that they can't see. So we see Moses and Aaron, they're up in years and... And, and God's still using them. I don't know that I'll be like my dad and be 92, you know, and, or, or say 90 when he finally retired. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know about that. 
but I still want to be used. But he's still doing things for the Lord that he can do even at the age of 91. Uh, but so, but look in, again, I want you to see, uh, look in, back in chapter 6 and verse 30. Um, Moses, remember, he is still resistant uh, about God's call on his life. And we went over this already, but, but we understand that our, our skills are not more important than being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And, and Moses is, each time God gets ready for him to do something, he seems like he's resistant to God's call on his life. Can I encourage you? Listen, if God calls you to do something, don't, don't resist. It's futile. Resistance is futile. You know, listen, God's going to have his way in our life. And we need to understand that today, that, that, that listen, that if God's called us to do something, it's not about our ability, it's about God's ability through us. Just like we talked about this morning, and we're going to talk about it uh, when, or, or next week, about, uh, about the rod of Aaron. It was not about Aaron, and it was not about the rod in his hand. It was about the power of God through him. And it's the same thing with me and you if we want to be used of God. It's about the power of God through us. Uh, and so, but Moses is still resistant. Look, look in chapter 7, verse 1. Let's go back a little bit. Uh, it says that, And the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a god to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Now, it, it, it makes me realize that God does not rank people the way man does okay to the people pharaoh had the highest rank he was the king of egypt Uh, amen i mean that's true i mean after all on the other hand moses he's just a shepherd what's he know been out in the desert with sheep 40 years i mean who's he He's just a preacher. Who's he think he is telling me what to do? He don't know. I, I'm just seeing this with Moses. I mean, I can see him. Uh, they, they, Pharaoh was the guy. Moses, just a preacher. You know, I mean, sheep, sheep herder. Been out there. Where's he been? We hadn't seen him 40 years. Who's this guy? Uh, but according to God, watch, Pharaoh's the lowest, not Moses and Aaron. And there's a lot of people today who are who, who's a much higher in God's ranking than what the world gives them credit for. Uh, there's a lot of churches today and a lot of people in churches today, just like this one, who stand in high esteem in God's eyes, not much so in the, in the eyes of the people. Yeah, the world's ranking system is a poor judgment when it comes to the things of God. Um, listen, there's a lot of people today who sometimes, if we're not careful, we think they're really somebody in the church, but they're going to have to step back for some old saint of God that's been faithful through the years. They're going to be up there thinking, you know, in fact, the Lord said, listen, when you come to a, a, a fellowship or a party or whatever, he said, don't sit in the high seat. You sit in the low one. Because it's better for you to sit in the low one and be moved up than it is to sit up here in the high one and get moved down. Well, there's a lot of people that think they ought to be sitting in the high seat. God's going to say, hey, just a minute, you need to sit down here and, and take some saint of God that's been faithful for decades that have been prayer warriors and, and, and warriors for the cause of Christ and the things that have never been really seen of people, and God's going to get them and bring them right up and set them in the high place and put the other ones right down. We've got to be careful. The world's ranking system is a poor judgment when it comes to the things of God. The world today has poor ranking when it comes to the church. Uh, it has poor ranking when it comes to things like, I don't know, church attendance. The world has poor ranking today when it comes to the Word of God. Yeah, The world has poor ranking when it comes to the souls of men, women, boys, and girls. Great loss. Will gonna, is going to be the result of this kind of ranking system. And we need to, listen, I don't know about you, but I want to be on God's ranking system. I don't want to be on the ranking system of this old world because the world, they sure have it all fouled up. A lot of people in the world today, they don't go to church on Sunday. 
I mean, their, their ranking of the church and the things of God is just way down here. That's not, that's not important. After all, Sunday is the only day they got off. Y'all didn't say amen. Y'all should have said amen. Y'all are here. We need to be careful. Notice in verse 2, the request of Pharaoh, or the request for Pharaoh in verse 2, Thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh that he send the children of Israel out of this land. Now, now watch, the source of, of the message that Aaron and Moses uh, is to speak is, is a message from God. God gave it. That word, the, the pronoun I there in this verse, is it's, that's Jehovah God. And he's the one who determines what Moses and Aaron is supposed to say. They're not supposed to come up with their own message. Just, you know, just say what God said. And the preacher ought to be a man of God, period. He ought, to, he ought to just preach the word of God to be instant, in season, out of season, and just do what God tells them to do. So when the preacher stands here in a place like this, watch this, he ought to hold God's word in his hand and declare, Thus saith the Lord. And God help preachers today, and it happens all over this country and all over the world who stand before hundreds and thousands of people on a daily and weekly basis and declare things that are not in the Word of God. God help us and declare that they are preachers of the Word. Listen, the Bible teaches that blessed is the church. And I'm not talking about me only, but I'm talking about any preacher that stands in this place. But blessed is the church whose pastor and preacher will stand uh, in, the, in the pulpit of, the, of God and preach God's holy word uh, from God's book to God's people, just like it says. Um, I want you to be interested in what God says, not what I say. Get in your Bibles on a Sunday or a Monday or a Tuesday during the week and, and, and see if I'm telling you the truth. Read it for yourself. I, I want you to know the truth of the Word of God because I want you to be able to withstand the fiery darts of Satan when he comes at you. And you can't do that if you don't know what's in here. Moses and Aaron, their message was from God. Notice the stewardship of, of the message. Uh, God said, speak all that he commanded. You know, in Acts chapter 20 and verse 27, the apostle Paul said, he said, I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Now, this is not talking of preaching every verse. Uh, it's not, that's not what that means at all, but it, it means to preach all the message that God gives to preach. Now, going to Pharaoh and giving him the first message was hard enough. But now God tells Moses, Moses, you and Aaron, y'all go in here, and I've got a, another message for you. It's a, but this time there's a little bit more to it. It's a little bit harder. And I can, uh, you know, I, I can imagine <clears throat> Moses and, because sometimes God gives me a message, and, and I, listen, I do not want to preach it. I don't want to do it. And I struggle with it. The, um, I mean, as soon as God gives it, and I've, I've, I've written it up, and I'm saying, listen, Lord, but, but I have this one over here. You know, this one's not, uh, Lord, I think I, can, I think I can get the message through with this, with this one. I think I can make it plain with this one over here. Why? Because the one that he has for me to do for that week, may, it may be a difficult message. It may be one that I think the people aren't going to receive very well. And, and I can see the apprehension of Moses and Aaron as God says, Listen, Moses, you go back with this message, and, but this time you tell Pharaoh not to just go for three days, but you tell him, I said to let him go, period. Oh, Lord, but, you know, God, last time I did that, it didn't work out too good. I mean, Pharaoh, he was, he's cruel. He's wicked. He's not a nice guy. Did you see what he did? God says, yep, I know what he did. And this is the message. And so Moses and Aaron, they go back to this wicked, cruel Pharaoh. And the Bible says Moses and Aaron they went and declared it anyway. And notice the response of Pharaoh. God hardens Pharaoh's heart. Now, if, if we're not careful, we'll read this and we'll think that God's being cruel to Pharaoh. But the fact of the matter is, Pharaoh is getting just what he asked for. Okay? 
because God went to him the first time and gave him an opportunity to do the right thing. And God didn't even make it hard. God knew that if he went up and said, listen, you let them go, period, that that was going to be hard. So God says, listen, I'm going to give you something easy to do first. So I just want you to let them go for three days out into the wilderness so that they can have a feast unto me, Pharaoh. You let them do that. But listen, Pharaoh hardened his heart, rejected the word of God, and now all of a sudden, and now he's getting what he deserved. He's getting what he asked for, I should say. He said no to Moses. He said no, no to God. He was cruel to the Israelites. But, and if you read just a little further, within a year or so, Pharaoh's going to wish he had never wanted a hard heart. God's judgment's going to come, and Pharaoh and his army, they're going to die in the Red Sea because of it. Listen, if you don't want a hard heart and persist in a hard heart, listen, if you want one, let me say, if you want a hard heart and if you persist in having one, then God will grant your request. Yeah. If you persist in wanting something or doing something that God forbids, then God in his judgment may allow you to have what you asked for. Yeah, but like Pharaoh, you'll come to the day that you loathe the day that you wanted it and even got it. Remember the children of Israel? They wanted, They got out in the wilderness. God was raining manna down from heaven. And they got tired of it. In the Bible, they used the word loathed. And God said, okay, they wanted some meat. I'm a meat eater. I want some meat. So God gave them quail. And God said, and you read it, he said, until it was running out their nostrils. You know what they were doing? And I'm telling you, it came today that they loathed uh, the, the quail that God gave them. And then they were wishing the day that they didn't want it. God will do the same thing to you and I. Uh, when he wants us to do something. He, if we're not careful, if we have a hard heart against God's wishes in our lives, he may allow us to have what we ask for, just like he did Pharaoh. But notice God said this to him. He said, God said, I will multiply by signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. God is literally predicting the destruction of Egypt. The plagues that God sends as a result of Pharaoh's rejection of God's command, it will literally destroy Egypt, all as a result of Pharaoh's hard heart. When men refuse to repent, uh, when hit with a plague, I guess, listen, God simply brings another plague. Just think how often this happens in our lives uh, and happens in nations as well, yet we we never seem to get it, And, and that's what I... You, you would think people would just see what's going on. But listen, the God of this world had blinded the eyes of men. We, I, I think uh, if, if our country's not careful, we're going to get, in fact, I think we're, we're getting what we asked for already. Yeah, I, I believe that. You say, well, what do we do? I, I pray for God's reprieve. That God will 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 help us, and and Lord, that we'll cry out to God just as the Israelites did, and, and we say, God, deliver us from our enemy, and we ask God to deliver us from all the wickedness that's going on in this world. Listen, our deliverance today may come uh, through the rapture of the church. It may not come any other way. It may get to it. It may get really bad. It's bad right now, but it's it may not be bad enough yet. Look at churches. You remember 9-11? After 9-11, churches filled up pretty quick. But now look, people got complacent again. They've forgotten. Same thing. Folks, listen, uh, people just seem like they don't get it. They simply pick themselves uh, up off the ground where, where God knocks them. They dust themselves off, and they go right back to where they were. Look in verse 4. God's reasoning for the judgment, it says that, but Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that I may lay my hand upon Egypt. God speaking to Moses, that I may lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth mine armies. And I thought that was interesting. God's making mention of his army being there. They've been in, in, in Egypt for 400 years. God says that I may bring forth my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt uh, by great judgment. 
Um, 400 years that Israel's been oppressed in Egypt. Now God has spoken to Egypt through Moses to let his people go. But they didn't pay any attention. So now God resorts to his judgment. You know, it's easy for us to look at Egypt and say, man, alive, that was pretty stupid. Look at them. You know, I mean, God gave them a chance. They didn't do the right thing. And now God's going to judge them. Egypt should. Man, I'm telling you, Egypt, how crazy can you be? Wait a minute. It's easy for us to see things like that in people like Egypt. But when it comes to you and me looking at ourselves, we have a tendency to just kind of glaze over it. I mean, well, that's different. I mean, God speaks to us about something and just kind of nudges us a little and says, hey, you know, hey, hey, I'm, I, I'm trying to get your attention. Listen to me. I, I want you to tell me something. And, and, and he nudges us and tries to teach us something and maybe to get us to come back to him, and, but we ignore him. So God's voice becomes a little more stern. You know, I, I, I'm, when I think about this, I, I can picture in my mind my parents growing up. And my dad said, hey, man, hey, boy, you know, you, you, better, you better be careful. And I can hear him talking to me. Hey, you better be careful. I'm trying to tell you something. You, 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 you're going to wind up in trouble. If you, if you keep going down that way, you're going to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. It might happen to them, but it won't happen to me. I'm too sharp. I'm too smart for them. Yeah. Um, I could tell you some stories that my sharp turned into really dull. I was about as sharp as a bowling ball. Yeah. God does the same. Um, His voice gets a little more stern, more strong until... Uh, because we ignore him, he smites us. You understand that being smitten, listen real close, being smitten of God extracts a cost that we cannot afford to pay. You understand that the Bible talks about Jesus being smitten of God? The Bible says God, that Jesus was smitten of the Father. You know what that did? It extracted a cost that we could not pay. Yeah. Listen, I want you to understand, God, you think it, it didn't, it pleased God to, uh, for his son to be beaten and all those kinds of things. I, listen, but, but, the, but the sacrifice pleased him. But he paid a cost. And, and, and if we're going to reject God, we've got to understand that we better be careful. Look in verse 5. God extracts that cost. And, and the first reason God judges Egypt is for the deliverance of his people from bondage. But in verse 5, you see the second reason he does it. It says that the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Egypt is about to go to school. But it's the school of hard knocks. Their knowledge of Jehovah God is going to be increased, but not the way it could have increased. Pharaoh could have let them go. And they, their knowledge would have increased as a result of that, but it didn't happen that way. Egypt's knowledge of God is going to be increased through God's plagues and God's judgment on them. Now, I would have a whole lot rather learned about God uh, in redemption than judgment. You see, when we're redeemed, our hearts and our minds are illuminated regarding the knowledge of God. God's words open to our thoughts, our minds to receive and perceive the things of God. But think about it, the learning of God's a blessing. When we're, when we're talking about through redemption, through repentance, it's a blessing. It's a source of strength rather than a burden. Um, but Egypt is going to learn about the truth of God the hard way. Um, and a lot of times, there'll be those who learn about the truth of God, but their sorrow, and uh, to their sorrow, not to their rejoicing. Their choice is ours today. We learn um, 
through either the, through sorrow or through rejoicing. I, I still remember, and I've said it often. God says, "Okay, the judge, the 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 nudging turned to judgment." God's been God been telling me for years, "You better get out. You better do this." And then God said, "If you don't go now, I'm through." You know. I wasn't willing to pay that cost. And sometimes, if we're not careful, there's Christians today that choose to learn about the knowledge of God through His judgment. Can I tell you, choose rejoicing. I'm here today because God is merciful to me. I'm, I'm here today because His grace is sufficient to me. Then, listen, I'm here today because, listen, because God loves me. But, but it was because that I said, Lord, I choose you. And I can be rejoicing today simply because, and, and I'm not trying to pat me on the back, but I'm just giving glory to God because he gave me an opportunity, and, and, and thank God I chose right. But a lot of people today choose wrong, and they're out of church. They say they're a Christian, but they don't go to church. Can't be much of a Christian. Listen, you can get to Hawaii. You can, you can swim instead of taking a boat. But you're going to encounter a lot of sharks along the way. Yeah. Listen, I, I choose Christ. And here we're learning some things about Moses when uh, God's trying to help them. And, but Pharaoh, he chose to reject Christ all over again. And now he's going to school. God help us. If we go to school, let's go to school uh, of rejoicing and redemption and repentance, not the school of God's judgment. God help us with that. Father, I pray that you're blessed. Lord, I'm, I'm thankful, God, that you're long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I pray, God, that our learning, Lord, will be through redemption and through rejoicing and not through the judgment of God. Please help us, Lord. I pray, God, that your hand will be upon us. God, strengthen us, Lord, as a church. Lord, I pray that uh, God, that we'll seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness so that all these things will be added to us. Lord, watch over us. Help us, God, to, as we leave this place to be vessels, Lord, filled with the Spirit of God. And I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While everybody stands with every head bowed and every eye closed.